Welcome everybody to the very first episode of Preds Report. I am your host Alan Pavlo uh, and each week I will be talking about the Nashville Predators kind of given the uh, the ins and outs of the team and just general assessment of uh, how I feel about it. So um, we've got a pretty exciting episode for you right off the jump. Uh, We'll be taking a look at the previous game against Carolina that was, uh, I believe, in Nashville. So that was a home game. Uh, We'll be walking through there, taking a look at the goals and such, and uh, just kind of how I felt about it uh, when I was watching real time. Uh, We'll also be taking a look at the trade deadline and kind of what I think management should do what I think management actually will do, uh, and kind of compare and contrast those. And then uh, we'll finish up looking at the AHL uh, with uh, the Milwaukee Admirals, seeing you know what the future Preds hold and uh, the talent that may be coming up or going down. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. get into uh talking about the game itself i just want to give a big shout out to uh those that were at the watch party um over at parkway poorhouse had an awesome time there that was actually the first time i had been to to one of our watch parties a lot of fun great place to to go hang out with friends um really good crowd i was i was actually pretty surprised with the uh number of people that were there so uh like i said had a great time, um, and I know we've got another one coming up tonight. Uh, Social Hour is going to be starting at 7.30, and Puck Drop is at 8.30. It's going to be the game against the Blackhawks, so you know it's going to be a big one. Um, really hope to see you out there. Uh, like I said, had an awesome time. Uh, really, really recommend it. Bring your friends, bring your family, bring whoever. Bring people who may not even know about hockey. Bring them in. We have a good time. Anyway, uh, like I said, uh, 7.30 for the social hour. We're just kind of hanging out and, uh, you know, drinking beers, having food. Uh, the wings. Oh, my God. The wings were amazing over there. Uh, so definitely big, big recommendation there. Puck drop at 8.30. Um, so come on out. Have a good time. Anyway, so uh, getting into the game. Um, All-American line starts. We've got uh, Grimaldi. Uh, Benino and Smith and uh, kudos to them they have easily been the best line uh, that we have on the team right now or at least let me rephrase that the the line that is performing the at the highest level uh, at this point they may not be the stars of the show um, but dang it they are playing like it and so uh, they get the start um, right off the jump and Definitely agree with that call. Saros and Net. I have liked Saros's game, uh, especially recently. He's been on fire. He's looked great. He's looking like he is ready to take that uh, that starting job. And uh, I mean, I love Pecorine. 
Uh, he's been my favorite player from really the day that I started uh, watching hockey and watching the Preds. But um, as his career is kind of coming to the sunset, you know, Saros is looking good. I, I, I truly think Saros might be ready to go like as the starter this you know now i don't say that very loudly because i know a lot of people are like oh no he's still he doesn't have the experience and you know his numbers are so inconsistent yeah okay fine but so are pekka's right now and that's coming from like his biggest fan so uh Love Saros. Think he looks great. I think he looked great in this game, even though he uh, did give up the four goals. I can't blame a single one of them on him, really. I mean, and we'll get into that in a second, but defense just looked atrocious as it has been. So, you know, first period, Carolina goes up one nothing. On this one, it just, you know, pucks behind the net, comes out, and everyone just, I don't, I don't think, our team talks to each other. You know, I, I remember a couple years ago, the camera would kind of pan the bench and people would be having conversations and like talking, you know, looking at the ice, talking about the play, maybe talking about a play that uh, had just happened on their last shift. I'm not seeing that on from it really anyone uh but especially our defense friggin talk to each other guys let them know where you're at let them know who you've got um you know Ekholm on this one just abandoned the front of the net williams passes to jordan stall who's got an easy tap in and when i say easy tap in i mean like he still had to work for it saros kind of sprawled out to his left had he made the save it would have been spectacular he doesn't pucks in the net one nothing carolina what do you do um, I'll tell you what you do. You don't abandon the friggin' front of the net. Push someone. Get get them out of there. Uh, later in the period, Forsberg gets a breakaway. Uh, Mrazek makes a good stop. You know, Forsberg did the the Forsberg thing. The well, let's rephrase that. The Philip Forsberg thing. Came in with speed. Hit him with the nasty wrister. Um, Mrazek saw it coming, and he made a good stop. Uh, I can't really blame Forsberg a ton here i i think that is just a good stop you know if he's a little more creative and he misses then we're like you're doing too much man so i don't know like he's just been so snake bitten and and i don't want to move the goalpost for him because he's you know supposed to be the star of the team and he really you know hasn't been performing as a star of a team uh i think a lot of our high-end talent hasn't um but at this point, he can't buy a goal. And it's interesting to, you know, watch his face throughout a game. He's very obviously, you know, frustrated and, and pretty pissed off. Like, he, he's not getting the goals that he should be. He's not getting, you know, he's not putting away these clear-cut chances that he knows he can. And, and I think we as fans know that he can because we've seen it. We've seen... Philip Forsberg do some disgusting things to some pretty good defenders uh, and pretty good goalies. We know this guy's good. He's proven it time and time again. I don't know what the issue is right now. And that also may be a theme coming up throughout all of this is I really just don't know what the offensive issue is. We have so much high-end talent, but they all seem pretty snake-bitten, can't really even buy a goal. 
same deal with Forsberg. Um, so, you know, take that for what it is. We move on to the second period, and uh, Johansson gets a pretty cool goal. I, I was very impressed with this goal. It looked kind of goofy uh, in real time. Uh, it looked like everyone was just kind of flailing around, and then Puck ends up in the back of the net. But when you saw the replay... It all starts with Tenorti, who I'm going to get into uh, here in a bit because I love this guy. But he puts on just this muffin of a shot, little backhander, just trying to get it to the net. And when you get pucks to the net, I know it's the big hockey cliche, but good things happen, man. So uh, he sends one on. It actually ramps up the defender's stick, I believe. This thing hits like three different sticks before going in. So ramps up the defender's stick. RV, who's actually in front, and I'm so glad to see him in front of the net, uh, back where I feel like he belongs. Uh, he still, to me, is that tenacious player that's going to get up in your grill. He's small, but uh, he doesn't he doesn't play around in the crease. Like he he will, you know, be a nuisance. He will try to muscle you around, even though he doesn't have the size. And, you know, good things happen when he's in front of the net. And that's how we he did well, you know, the past couple seasons. So he's in front of the net, pucks up in the air. He actually gets a tap on it. And uh, it makes its way over to Johansson, who's pretty much all alone on the backside of the goal. He actually bats this thing in past the uh, Mrazic. And it just looks sweet. And I remember when it went in, everyone lost their minds. It was... Like I said, kind of a goofy looking goal, but it 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 looked like we were in it. And, and I mean, we were. Ties up 1-1. Now, uh, Carolina reviews this. And, you know, I, w- I was looking in- back at it, you know, doing, doing my prep for the show. And a lot of people were saying like, yeah, no, that's definitely goaltender interference. I don't know, man. Like, if the shoe was on the other foot, I still wouldn't totally say that was goalie interference. Uh, Even if it was us getting scored on. Like, yes, he's in the blue paint. Yeah, he's he's close to the goalie, but he's got a defender in between him. Um, I didn't see any contact or or any contact that would hinder uh, the play. Um, I you know, maybe call it a close call, maybe say Mrazic got got a little uh, little unlucky there. I don't know. I don't think there was anything egregious or conclusive to overturn it. Call's a good goal, and because of the challenge, Preds go on the power play. And you guessed it, uh, nothing comes of the power play, because our power play is just the hottest of garbage. Uh, like, it's... I don't get it, man. I, I wonder if we can actually just decline power plays. Is that a thing? Because uh, we're honestly better just without it. It's such a waste of time for us. And I'm a little bit harsh on it. We have looked a little more structured, but this has been an issue for a long time. This has been an issue, you know, spanning a couple seasons ago. And again, We've got the high-end talent. We've got the the puck movers. We've got the shooters. I don't know what the issue is. I don't know if that's a coaching thing. You know, I thought it was a coaching thing. Uh, I thought the whole team's issue was a coaching thing for a while. You know, Lavi's deal got a little stale. Uh, 
maybe lost the locker room. Uh, he's been gone for a bit now, and not much has changed. Like, uh, you know, I think certain players are playing much better under uh, Coach Hines and, and being a little more active. But overall, our record sitting right at where it was in in my opinion now i don't have any numbers to back that up uh right in front of me but that's what it seems like anyway i got a little bit off topic let's let's get back to the goals yeah nothing comes of the power play svechnikov uh, a little bit later um carolina's on their power play and andre svechkov is a teenager this kid is phenomenal and he's got a brother who is also phenomenal i know this isn't maybe a name that you know very well but he's gonna be really good and he showed it against us uh got a laser of a shot and absolutely snipes uh this goal now again good shot great shot anyway right top corner saros never saw it but why did saros never see it uh, was it because he was screened by his own player? You bet it was. Again, this is some bad communication, and, and it's in the defensive zone. Uh, Hamhus actually has the puck behind the net, and he's got a guy kind of barreling down on him. He's got to get it out of there, but he's got time. And Hamhus is a veteran player. He knows how to make good decisions with a puck. I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he banks it off the uh, off the backboard, for lack of a better term. Tries to get it to Benino. It's nowhere close to Benino. Uh, and just goes straight to the Carolina player who sends it out. And Svechnikov does his thing because he's good. Why was he all alone? And why did Ham Hughes decide, okay, puck's gone. Let me go screen our goalie. Uh, obviously he, he had good intentions. I know that he was out there to, uh, to try to block the shot, but you know, sometimes helping hurts and, uh, this time it definitely hurts. So that's, that's two, one, not, not great. Not great. Moving on, uh, same period, same second period guy named Martin Nekus, Nekus, I've, I've literally never heard of this guy in my life. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure this dude was created in NHL 20. Some guy just imported him in and was like, yep, this guy plays hockey. Sure, why not? Anyway, so, uh, of course, he's going to drive through four different Predators, <laughs> like they're nothing, uh, and put a backhand on goal because he can, because no one knows about him. Uh, no one's paying attention to him. And uh, rebound uh, is given up. Uh, Nita Ryder comes in, cleans it up, and it's just, again, bad communication and seems like no one just cares to play defense. Like, like everyone seemed very disinterested in playing defense here. I don't understand how this random dude just walked through four different Predators. Unfortunately, Fabro kind of wears the goat horns on this one after the rebound is given up. You know, he's got, he's, he's just half a second too late. I don't think that's a questioning of like his abilities or anything. 
but like I said, half second, you you make a quick decision, you know, send the puck somewhere. But he's not able to do it. Uh, puck goes to Niederreiter in the back of the net. It is what it is. I, I other than the like full lack of anyone giving a damn about this guy just walking through them, it's a good goal. I I don't know. I don't know what to tell you there. But oh well. Uh, third period comes in, and uh, a guy named Sebastian Ajo. Now, again, this is not a household name, but I can tell you for sure this guy is Carolina's star. He is the the, the guy. Uh, young talent. I think he's 22 years old. Uh, he's been around for a couple years, and people still don't realize that he's that good. So... So let me ask you this. Let me let me pose this question to our to our audience here. Sebastian Ajo, team's star player, how would you defend this guy? Would you A, have your best defender just glued to him, shadow him the entire game, staple him to the star? Your star on their star, make it happen. Shut him down. Would you B, maybe you've got a tough guy. Maybe you want to you wanna rough him up a little bit. Maybe make him think about that pass or that shot and, and, you know, keep his head on a swivel and, you know, shut him down that way. Or would you see, completely forget about him and hope to God that your goalie is just a complete animal and is just going to stand on his head the entire game? Well, my friends, if you... We're the one that chose C. Come on down. You've got a coaching job in the NHL. I I don't understand how this happened. So Sebastian Ajo, like I was saying, their star, gets behind our defense and has not one, not two, but three whacks at this puck before anyone even realizes that he is in alone against Soros. I, how did he get there? How did he just skirt past everyone? And no one realized he was there. This is their best player. This is like, I mean, he's not a Sidney Crosby, but this would be like if we're playing the Penguins and Sidney Crosby was just like, oh, nope, I'm good. just going to walk over here and no one notices. How? Someone, someone had to notice. Uh, I don't get it. But um, like I said, he gets in behind the defense, has like three whacks at it. Saros makes a couple saves, and then it just goes in. God, it's so frustrating. Friggin' talk to each other, guys. Talk. That's all I'm asking. (sighs) Okay, rant over. 4-1, that's how the game ends. Um, It was ugly. It was ugly. And and it's so frustrating because we were on a three-game win streak, and... You know, we look good. We look... I'm not going to say we look good. We looked solid. And I think the team gave us as fans hope. And then just laid a turd like that. <laughs> and, and I know Carolina's a good team. They are a good team. They may... I can't remember for sure, but I think they're out of a, a playoff spot. They shouldn't be. That's a good team. That's a team that is better than us. But we didn't make a good case for ourselves and like i've been saying uh communication defensive flaws offensive flaws as well uh dan muse was saying you know in one of the intermissions that we need more offensive zone time 
our passes aren't crisp. Uh, where we have way too many turnovers uh, in the offensive zone, in the neutral zone, hell, even the defensive zone. I'm pretty sure we had quite a few turnovers, more than I than anyone would want anyway. It, it just looks sloppy. You know, depth is scoring. Like I was saying earlier, um, you know, that, that All-American line, that's our third line. They have been phenomenal they've been on fire and it's so good to see those guys be uh doing that because they all deserve it they all are the hardest working guys on the team in my opinion so they deserve it but we got to get the stars going you know your your goal scorers need to score goals that's what they're there for that's what they're paid to do right now our two best players on the ice in my opinion are our two lowest paid players that being grimaldi and tenorti now i love tenorti kind of transitioning into the defensive side tenorti is the guy that i have been looking for and i think the team has been looking for for a while he is he's our stalwart defenseman he is you know 6'6 250 pounds every time he steps on the ice he is your shutdown guy and that's not who Yossi is. That's not who Ekholm is. That's not who Ellis is. And, and this team is missing Ellis for sure. But that's not who those guys are. Those guys are your offensive-minded defensemen. Uh, less so for Ekholm. I think he's more of a two-way guy. But, you know, you need that actual defensive defenseman to let those guys do their thing. And... I get so frustrated with uh, specifically Yossi because he just decides at some point, like, I'm a winger now. We have four forwards on the ice right now, uh, and I'm going to go on my own and score. And he does, and it's awesome when he does it. But when he screws up, he doesn't have that support behind him to know that that puck's not coming back and we're getting scored on. And he can't do both. Like, he's good, but he's not that good. He, I mean, I've seen it a couple times where he'll go in, you know, turnover happens, and he gets back. That takes a lot out of you. And, like, I know that he's, you know, probably a Norris candidate this year. But I don't know, man. Like, And it, that kind of, again, goes to the communication. Like, you can't be a one-man team. He's got the talent. And he's got the offensive talent, and he's got the defensive talent when he decides to, but he can't do both at the same time. So a uh, guy like Tenorti loved the fact that uh, he can be back there and, and watching these guys back when, when he needs to. And big man, not a slow man, though. Like, he can keep up with these guys, and he can shut down uh the the little water bugs that are floating around um you know you this the league is definitely going more towards the faster skilled players especially on offense he's doing well to keep up with those guys and to shut them down uh, big body can you know drop the gloves when he needs to uh, i thought he did great against uh bortuzzo in in the blues games 
Uh, and he's making people think, and he's making people play differently than how they normally would against us. I, I love that he's getting his shot. I think he's 27, so he's not a kid. He's been around the block, and, and he's waited patiently, and uh, so glad to have him on the team. Um, you know, Ellis comes back here soon. I think past the deadline, we don't have stipulations on the roster anymore. So uh, hopefully he stays up. Hopefully he continues to get his shot. Uh, if not, um, and we, we do have to send someone back down, I'm hoping it's not him. Maybe it's uh, a Weber or an Irwin. I, I don't see them sending Ham Hughes down. And, and that's another guy who's supposed to be the defensive defenseman. He's supposed to be the the rock in the back. And dude's 37 years old. Like, you can't depend on him in every single situation like that. Uh, but he's been okay. I, I'd, I'd give him a solid B-. minus for for how he's played this season you know maybe this is last season i think his contract is up so maybe he retires who knows uh like him as dude love him as dude uh as just you know veteran leadership on the team we absolutely need that but um you know not doing it for me completely on the ice uh which kind of brings me to uh you know what do we do at this deadline and it's coming up. It's pretty much here. You know, moves are already being made by a lot of other teams. I know um, the Kings have been a big seller. Uh, I think the Senators have sold a couple people. You know, what do we do as an organization to not only better us now, but later on down the road as well? And they're in a tough situation because you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. If you go and buy right now you're saying all right we're going to gear up for this this playoff run you're still out of a playoff spot right now what if you don't make it what if you do make it and you're out in the first round you've given up futures in prospects and picks for essentially nothing you know you got you go out and get a rental and and you go out in the first or, or second round there what was the point what was the point of it all and of course it's you know the argument is well you got to give it a shot sure um but i just don't know that this is the team that goes far this year this particular year now you know next year could be totally different but from what i've seen we're just not consistent enough okay so what if on the flip side you sell well uh you are a game out i i think last time i checked they're a game out of uh a playoff spot and with games in hand for for the uh the wild card for sure do you really give up on the season right now like had you asked me that a month ago, I would I would have been like, yeah, absolutely. Come February, we're out of a playoff spot. Sell, sell high, sell your big boys. You know the guys that aren't performing, even the guys that are performing. You know, get get what you can at the highest value, uh, which would have meant you know Johansson, Smith, Turris, 
uh, you know, maybe Ellis. No, Ellis just signed. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, so if you sell, you go get draft picks and prospects and such. Okay, cool. That's great, but you're giving up on the season. And that looks bad for the team in the locker room. That looks bad for uh, the fans. You're going to lose a lot of attendance. And I don't mean to say that, you know, the fan base is one of a bunch of bandwagoners. I don't feel that way. Uh, But that's just sports in general. You don't do well. Attendance and sales drop. So, I mean, is that really what you want? Going into still a potential for a, uh, a wild card spot? I don't know. In my personal opinion, and I really don't know if, you know, this would be taken well or not, but I think you just kind of stay put. You know, take your lumps, and then in the off season, do your retool. Don't, I, I don't know that the the boat needs to be rocked too much right now um and notice that i said retool i don't think we're in a full rebuild i i don't think we need to blow the team up i know a lot of people are calling for that nah you've got the talent you've got the skill that's on the ice you gotta figure out how to make it work um and i think that's our biggest issue is you know figuring out what works and that unfortunately looks like it's going to be an off-season thing um but let's move on to what i think our future holds and and that is in uh milwaukee the admirals have been having an amazing season they're top of the ahl right now uh they earlier in the year went on like an 11 or 12 winning streak uh, which is obviously amazing and unheard of. Uh, they've been good, and, and the guys that they've got down there are really, really tearing it up. Uh, Yakov Trenin gets reassigned uh, a few days ago. I think it was just before the uh, the Carolina game. No big surprise there. He has been a really solid fringe player for us, um, but that's pretty much all he's been uh, is just that fringe player. He's got uh, two goals, four assists for six points in 17 games played on the NHL level. Um, I like him. I, I do like him. And and he's a big body at uh, 6'2", 200 pounds. The guy can get in there and, and bang if he needs to. Uh you know, isn't slow. Uh, I like what he's got, but he's just not there yet. In the NA or in the AHL, I'm sorry. Sixteen goals, fourteen assists for thirty points in twenty-seven games played. That's much, much better. So he's right on the cusp. He he's he's almost there, uh, and and I'm pretty excited for this guy. Issue is he's twenty-three years old. Um, kind of approaching that stage of you are what you are um you know 25 26 is kind of the cutoff of all right this is this is what you're going to play this is who you're going to be uh you know sometimes you'll get the rocco grimaldi's where uh their season or their career is revitalized 
that laden into it. But um, generally speaking, you know, Trennan's probably got two years to prove himself. Um, I think he can. I think he even will. Uh, but he's gotta he's gotta hurry it up a little bit. Um, so that's Trennan. Uh, of course, we've got Eli Tolvanen. A lot of hype still around this guy. Um, he's had decent numbers uh, in the in the AHL. Uh, 15 goals, 11 assists uh, for 26 points in 53 games played. It's okay. It's not great. It's not that star level that we assumed he would be. You got to remember this this dude's super young uh and and we we really thought he was going to be the savior just straight up. Like we I think a lot of people maybe overestimated the or or, or underestimated the transition between European play and North American play. You know, take your time with this guy take your time in the ahl i think they're doing a really good job of grooming him and uh supporting his growth there you don't want to uh to stunt that growth in in any shape or form so i'd say give it another couple years in the ahl before making that jump uh and we'll we'll obviously be keeping an eye on his numbers um now a guy that also has a crap ton of hype and i am super excited for this dude philip tomasino oh baby is he good now he's still in juniors uh he's 18 years old playing for oshawa the oshawa generals and uh i think earlier in the season he was traded from niagara oh i can't remember when that trade was but i'm pretty sure it happened in 54 games i I want you to hear this stat because it when when i saw it i literally just laughed out loud it was friggin' hilarious 54 games played this season again junior 38 goals 57 assists for 95 points are you serious 95 points in 54 games played yes please sign me up right into my veins let's go god he looks good just in the last 18 games um 16 goals 22 assists for 38 points yes now again still in juniors uh 18 years old so he is on the higher uh i guess age range there it's time for him to go it's time for him to move on uh which will obviously be next year but man get your confidence up you know tear it up down there i love to see it uh very very excited for tomasino i don't know if he'll go straight to the uh the nhl you know maybe you gave him maybe you give him a little bit of time uh in the minors just to see you know test the waters a little bit dip your toe in but um but yeah he, he's looking awfully good uh last but not least we've got a gentleman by the name of connor ingram now this is a goalie prospect uh that we got from tampa i believe it was last season 22 years old and he's been excellent he's been really really good uh for milwaukee he is at a 929 save percentage which is quite quite impressive 
Um, and I've been wondering, kind of one of the questions that I've had for a while is, who comes after Saros when Pekka retires? Let's assume that Pekka retires at the end of uh, his contract, maybe even at the end of this season. I don't know that. You know, I don't know how he's feeling. Uh, but he's got one more year after this season on his contract. Let's say that's it. He retires. Saros becomes the guy. Uh, the heir apparent becomes, you know, starter of the team. Who's behind him? Do we go and find someone in free agency? Do we promote from within? Um, you know, what do we do? My assessment, anyway, is this Connor Ingram kid. Uh, he's young, but he's been playing great. And he's been playing great at a good, like, level. Obviously, the AHL is not NHL, and, and it's far different. The shots are different. The speed is different. But I would say maybe take a look at this guy, you know? Maybe let him... Right now, he's the backup for Milwaukee. Uh, you've got uh, Troy Grosnick, I believe, is the starter. So, you know, maybe before you throw him to the Wolves, maybe give him a season as the starter uh, on the AHL level. Um, I can't remember how many games he's played, but carrying a 9-2-9 save percentage uh, with, I'm pretty sure he's had double-digit starts, that's impressive. That is, if you were to put that in NHL standards, that is sniffing at the Vesna. Um, again, obviously not nhl you know level i i don't think he has a single nhl game to his name but it's a good sign and, and i'm very happy with uh with how he is looking looking at my notes that's that's pretty much all i got guys uh thank you so much for listening uh please leave uh some comments for me uh let me know what you think uh do you agree with me and, and what i have to say do you not agree with me? Am I a total idiot for my takes? And hell, I probably might be. Uh, but that engagement is definitely what we're looking for. This is a very welcoming community. I would love to hear from, from each and every one of you. And uh, I would love to have a conversation and respond. Um, I, I really enjoy doing that kind of stuff with, with people and, and just generally talking hockey. Like, it's it's a fun thing. It, this is the, what I do for fun. <laughs> so, so, uh, get involved is all I'm saying. Anyway, speaking of getting involved, uh, once again, uh, tonight, 7.30 starts the social hour at Parkway Poorhouse for the, uh, watch party. Come on out, have a beer, have some wings, enjoy a game. It's all good. Anyway, uh, I've been Alan, uh, and I will see you in the next one. See ya.